Welcome to Voicing Startups, where I, Colin Bournes, interview founders and operators changing the world through audio, voice, and conversational technology. Today on the Voicing Startups podcast, I am talking with Obeyed, founder and CEO of Botmock. Botmock is a one-stop shop platform that has everything you need to prototype and test both chatbot and voice-based conversational experiences. Features include a drag-and-drop editor, project management tools, usability testing, developer handover, and much more. As you will hear in this interview, the true value of Botmock gets unlocked by having the ability to have different stakeholders have insight into the project all the way from designers to developers. I think this was a really good conversation, and I hope that you enjoyed as much as I did on this week's episode of Voicing Startups. Hello, Bade. Welcome to the Voicing Startups podcast. Thanks, Colin. Nice to be here. Could you just start with a quick background of yourself? Absolutely. So my name is Obed. I'm a technical founder plus now full-time founder on this, but from a technical background, I'm a software developer by training. I, before starting Botmog, I used to run a consulting firm for about nine years. And before that, I used to work at BlackBerry and IBM. So I've been building software products uh, for over 15 years now. Very nice. Uh, what exactly is Botmog? And then could you uh, kind of speak to the the origin story of the business and then why exactly you started it? Absolutely. So when we were running our consulting firm, we had a few customers who wanted to explore chatbots at that time. This was around mid-2016. Facebook had just launched a big uh, messenger update for bots. And we thought it would be nice to see, you know, if we can sort of jump into that stream. And um, we started getting a little bit of customers who were willing to explore with us. And uh, our team just tried to try to create prototypes and try to figure out, okay, how do we do this thing? We've been building web and mobile apps for a while, so we had some tools from that end. But none of them were really scaling up for us to, to do what we wanted to do. So internally, we started building something that would allow us to quickly prototype these experiences and then be able to get a approval from our customers before we really spend engineering resources around it. And... Um, that's how we started off Botmark and uh, showed it to a few other people. Uh, got a lot of interest out of that, so we spun it out as a as a separate company altogether now. So, what what exactly? How would you define Botmark as it stands in uh, twenty nineteen? Absolutely. So we are focused completely on the design aspect of conversation apps. So we don't necessarily look at conversation apps just voice or text. Uh, we believe that they're anything that is having a conversation, whether it's text or voice should be designed, there's an experience to be designed there, that interaction needs to be mapped out to figure out, okay, how smoothly and how quickly can the user go through that process? And whether it is to seem like you're talking to a bot or talking to a human, that really depends on the designers themselves, but we really want them to be able to look at that and say, here's the experience that we want to design, how would you work on that? And then how do you test it quickly? So we do all of that in Botmog, that's what our focus is. And then how do you develop those experiences in terms of going to production and all the machine learning and everything else out of it? It's beyond Botmox scope right now. Uh, but then there are some great tools that actually enable you to do that, right? The first step of the whole process is um, to figure out what is it that you're going to build and how complex is that going to be? And, uh, and that's where Botmox comes in. 
Yeah, you brought up a few interesting things there. And, and one is um, how you guys approach uh, not just voice or text, um, but really all different types of conversational experiences. I'd be interested, uh, what, what sort of platforms are you able to design for uh, specifically in Botmock? And then is there a way to kind of build for cross-platform um, at the same time? Yeah, so we support up to 11 platforms right now, as of right now. Uh, we support anywhere from text on uh, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Apple Business Chat, SMS, and then for voice, Alexa, and Google Assistant. And then we have uh, sort of enterprise bots for Slack and Microsoft Teams there as well. And uh, we also have this ability for you to design chatbots for your own website. So a lot of enterprise customers are designing these experiences on their own web and mobile apps. So we want to cater to them as well and let them design those experiences as well. So that's uh, that's those are the platforms that they can do. Now, moving between these target platforms, it is supported within Botmog as a tool. But a lot of our designers, our users, look at us, tell us that it's not simply converting a Facebook Messenger bot into a voice bot or vice versa. There's a lot of intricacies and delicacies in terms of what the experience would look like on voice. It's completely different on text. Mm -hmm. So they have to rethink some of those use cases. But we do give them the ability to move things around quickly and so that they don't have to redesign everything from scratch. Yeah, and uh, who exactly are your uh, target customers with this product? Uh, and then what does your business model kind of look like? Yeah, so we generally we get a lot of enterprise customers. Uh, these are small to large teams in large companies who are exploring and trying to figure out, okay, how do we how do we now take our experience and can make it conversational? How do we add that element to our mobile apps, to our website, to Facebook Messenger and other places? So a lot of them. There's also a lot of agencies who use us to deliver these kind of projects early on. As you can imagine, that most of them uh, before Botmark were going through a painful process of somehow figuring out this, this prototype of, uh, of conversation. So they would write scripts down in Word or Excel in different places or use Visio to draw out the flowcharts and then get their dev team to actually hard code everything so they can test it out. So that entire process would take them forever and, and the clarity wouldn't be there. So we sort of help them accelerate. And uh, but we have a lot of individual designers as well who are now sort of jumping in and they're, they're sort of using this tool to market themselves better. Yeah, and how long has the business actually been around then? So we launched in January 2017, so two and a half years now. And then and is your focus always been um, kind of both enterprise and agency, or do you have more of a focus on one or the other? And then what is it pretty 50-50 split there, or, or how does that uh, kind of breakout uh, look like? Yeah, so when we launched, we honestly did not know exactly where our customer base will be. Um, we kind of knew that there were a lot of marketing companies jumping on board, and we launched with Facebook Messenger first. That was all the first platform we launched with. Mm -hmm. So the first six months, we were trying to get into that market, and we added more support for platforms, and we started seeing enterprise customers sort of coming in. And now we have about 80-20 split between 80% of our customers are enterprise customers now. And uh, we find that they are, that's the market that is more willing to take that risk right now and try things out. And, uh, but we expect the other 20% to start growing in coming years as well. Cool. And, and before we kind of dig deeper on the product, um, I know I saw that uh, you guys were a part of the launch accelerator. Could you kind of just speak to that experience a little bit? Absolutely. So we got into launch accelerator last July in 2018 and it was a great experience. It was four months. Um, it was 
great to to get feedback from Jason Kalkanis and the team itself, uh, working with other entrepreneurs who are in the same sort of like in scope of building products and services and other things. And you learn a lot from the cohort. Um, for uh, for me, because we are not a Valley-based company, uh, it was uh, my ability to sort of get into the Valley and get some introductions and uh, learn from the best. And you know, having that uh, access to Jason and the team itself to be able to, and especially as a single founder, you have this network of founders now that you can treat as co-founders and bounce ideas around. Um, that was immensely, immensely useful. And we are still, uh, we have a bunch of ways we can reconnect. We have uh, following up classes that other batches are going through and you have access to that. And uh, also just being able to ping the team and ask them for feedback on certain things. Um, it's, it's always great to have that. Yeah, from the from other people that I've talked to have to have gone through a similar um, style accelerators that are not like the massive size, but kind of smaller size class. Um, they found a lot of value in it, so it's it's interesting uh, to get your feedback as well, and, and also see a good experience there. Um, so, or before you also kind of touched on um, how you you have the ability to both design um, and prototype, but also test um, mm-hmm. within. Uh, within Botmock, is that unique to your um, platform, or is that something that you see in kind of your competitors as well, or or do you see more a separation of uh, true design tools and, and true testing tools? Yeah, so it is unique to us uh, in a sense that we we kind of waited a long time before we released that feature. Uh, we worked with a lot of the customers first to figure out what that would be. Um, but it's a natural extension to designing and prototyping, right? So uh, what our customers was telling, were telling us is that, you know, we have this prototype, we have stakeholders who understand it, but with conversational agents, it's not the same thing as web and mobile. You, you can see the screens and, you know, connect them in your mind. Mm-hmm. With conversational agents, interaction matters a lot, especially from a designer's perspective. So when you give it to your team members with a blind test, they're able to give you way more feedback in that session than they would be able to do it verbally by looking at a, any design document. Uh, because the way they interact with it, uh, they, they might say things differently than you anticipated, or they might give you information in ways that you just did not think about it. It's not, it's not a mouse clicks anymore, right? It's not about tap on the options that are available to you. So for example, if you have a conversation agent that is designed for ordering a pizza, some people might order in chunks. Some people might say everything in one sentence. And as a designer, you're trying to figure out, okay, which one to balance with. And, and it's not like one option is the best and you just go with that. You have to balance all of it. So you have to design your experience better. And usually testing really allows you to go and extend your design sort of uh, layer much better and, uh, and get the feedback as early as possible again, right? So it was a natural extension for us. Um, our competitor tools don't really do that right now. Most of them would try to actually run this thing in the device itself. So Wiseflow or other ones would do something like you can connect your device and then you can interact with it on Alexa. Uh, what we found is that, that our ability to do that all in browser enables them to do it faster and that the, the speed matters here because the earlier and the faster you can sort of fail, the better it is. And then, Can you uh, kind of talk to the the process of what that uh, testing actually looks like? Um, what, when somebody says that they want to test a different feature or something like that, what what is that um, process like? Yeah, so you can actually, 
in Bottomlo, you can, for every project that you have, you can create a user test session where you can define certain things. So one is that you can give a particular task and say to the testers that, hey, I, for this particular session, I want you to do this, you know, achieve this goal. And behind the scenes, you can also mark it so that, say, if they reach this part of your content blocks, you know, in your path, in your process journey, then you consider it successful or you let it be free from and say, okay, how long does it take them to get to that point? And then you essentially let them interact with it. And they, they're doing a blind test as in they don't get to see the design behind it. They don't know what options will lead them where. So, mm-hmm. and what sort of training phrases you have. So they're not really, they don't have the same vocabulary as you do when you're designing it. So once they go through that process, um, they might succeed in doing the task, they might not. They might give up in the middle of it, but the entire journey is visually sort of very informative for you. So you can look at that as a designer and say, hey, I asked them to do certain things and we presented them three options at the beginning. Why didn't they pick the right option right away? Why did they start going and exploring different parts? And then they came back and they made the order. So it might take them five minutes to 15 minutes, whatever that might be. Uh, Or where did they get stuck? If they were trying to give some information and they're stuck in loop and they gave up, you're like, okay, why did they give up? Mm -hmm. So those utterances, those, those visual things matter. So from a tester's point of view, you basically get a link in your email. You click on the link, it opens up in a browser. Um, and if, if it's a voice chatbot or a text chatbot, the, the designer can enable either one of them. And if it's a voice bot, they can just simply speak to the bot, just like they would be talking to Alexa. And we capture everything from their end. And they actually can interact with it as they go along. And then once they're done, they can just click a button that says, I'm done, I'm finished, I give up or whatever that might be give more feedback and that's it. That's essentially the test session. And, but the, as I said, the, the amount of information we can capture in that one direction, it's immensely useful for designers because now you can visually not only see where did they fail, but you can see why did they fail yeah. and how did they fail. And it could be that your training data needs to be updated, or it could be that your, your design just did not account for those utterances and, the user expecting certain behavior, you did not really design for it. So you can go back and add those things and send them a link again and say, okay, try it now and see if they do something different or do the same thing again and be successful about it. Yeah. Now you can run these tests across one user to 1,000 users and collect all the data and visually see where collectively everybody's moving in your conversation. And that again gives you the ability to say where are the dead zones in your design. Right, what parts of the conversation that are never getting hit by even for the first thousand people? So, the question then becomes, why do you have that? And you know, should we rethink this thing again? And and we try to be non-subjective when we're sort of enabling designers to work with this. Mm-hmm. So they get raw information, we draw it out for them, we sort of create the reports for them, so visually they can see what's happening, but they get to decide what to do with it. Um, and how yeah. to react to it. Yeah, no, I think that explanation makes a lot of sense and, and really uh, uh, does a good job of showing the value of having that um, functionality as part of the, the design process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, after kind of doing some more exploring on your website, um, there's a lot of different tools and features that seem to come with um, the product. Uh, I don't know if this is this that we just kind of talked about uh, with the including testing as part of the design process is one of those kind of key differentiators. Um, but can we kind of talk through uh, some other kind of key valuable features that you see um, your customers really enjoying with Botmock? 
Yeah, so the biggest thing is consolidation of multiple tools in one, right? So we're bringing everybody in your team on one page. So it's not just from a designer's perspective, but your stakeholders, your product manager, your content person, everybody in your team is on one document Mm -hmm. in one place. And your developers can be involved early on too. You can bring everybody on with the editing privilege and also from a reviewer's perspective. So it's like, imagine a Google Docs kind of experience. So you're all working on one document. There's a history of that document that is happening. Collaboration is happening. Comments can be generated. You're not sending PDF documents all over the place to say, hey, here's my design. What do you think about it? You know, you're sending them links or you send them invite to bring into the document say, I'm working on this document. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And they can give you feedback that is actionable right away. And they can even track that, you know, I gave feedback and this is what happened because of that. Um, and and that's the like sort of like the, the biggest thing that our customers enjoy the most is the ability for them to get rid of five, six different tools that the dev team has to bring it all together eventually and say, okay, you know, here's where my logic flow is and here's my content in Excel and my QA team is running separately and everything is all over the place. So um, to me, that, that to, to me and our same to our customers, that is the, the golden sort of uh, value add on. Yeah. And you know, the, the word that jumped into my mind is just efficiency. So it makes a lot of sense by being able to include multiple tools into one place that it just makes the whole experience for the designer and the whole team just more efficient, which obviously, uh, whether you're an enterprise or an agency, always are looking for that. So, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so being at this for now a few years, a few years, you've seen a lot of different enterprises, companies, agencies uh, design different experiences um, across many different conversational platforms. I'd be curious to know from your perspective uh, what you believe some of the best use cases you have seen uh, to leverage these different platforms. Uh, could be for different businesses or brands that are looking to um, kind of make their way into this sort of space? Yeah, so we saw when we launched in 2017, we had a very interesting year altogether. We we had this assumption or at least we, we had this, yeah, a bunch of assumptions in our head about what this industry would be and what are people looking to do. I think 2017, we didn't see a lot of brands jumping up and down and trying to you know, build conversational agents. There was a lot of skepticism around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2018 is when we saw a lot of brands starting up and saying, okay, where do we start on this? Like, we know we need to think about conversational agents, but how do we get started? So what we found is a lot of them are tackling the customer service as the lowest hanging fruit right now. And, and there's many, many reasons for that. You know, they, these teams are much well positioned to actually cater towards conversational agents. They have the data that they need. They have the use cases. But now in 2019, we are seeing a lot of them looking at other teams and other teams in these companies are looking at and say, okay, we know conversation agents can work. How do we take that into marketing? How do we take that into sales? So from airlines all the way to sort of telecom companies, to healthcare companies, to entertainment, we're seeing this sort of information sort of overload now that they're looking at that and saying, okay, how do we now localize this experience into our domain? Now, you're not going to see one skill per company. You're going to see multiple skills, multiple chatbots per company. And some of them are, are uniquely simple, but they're such a pleasant experience to play with. Right? So I'll give you an example of a, of a skill. Uh, actually, a chatbot on Facebook Messenger from Clean Blood Services. Uh, very s- simple organization. does a lot of work. It has a lot of information available in print, in, on their website. They have a help desk call center. 
what they found was that there's a demographic of uh, abusers who were interacting with them on Facebook pages. But then they started messaging them with questions. And their, their canned response for that was, you know, just call us at this one in her number and we'll answer these questions for you. And then, or go to our website and there's an FAQ. But they found that people were not interested in either of them. They were not interested in calling in. They were not interested in reading the FAQs. And there's, the questions were very simple. They were like, things like, where do I go to donate blood? When, you know, can I donate blood after I've eaten something? ABC and all that stuff. Or can I donate blood when I'm, you know, under 18? Yeah. Um, and what they did is they automated some parts of it, but they gave it personality. So initially their first attempt was, okay, we have FAQs, just make them into a chatbot. So we'll ask a question, we'll pull the best FAQ answer for you and just give it to you. What they found in their designing and prototyping was that once they added stories to their conversation, the engagement went really high. And, and even within their organization, they got a lot of people excited about chatbots from looking at that and saying, is this going to be repurposing our FAQ to now saying, I can follow a John's story about how, you know, donation, donating blood saved somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And this was real stories that they would actually have uh, for their call centers, for their marketing team. So when the marketing team came, walked in, they saw the opportunity to educate people and engage with them beyond just, you know, FAQs. It's one of the best experiences that they have had. Uh, the, the conversational sort of uh, interaction on their Facebook page and Messenger has gone up by 600% uh, since they've launched. Um, their call center has seen the ability to transfer people from call center all the way to Facebook Messenger and say, hey, if you have more questions, just message us on Facebook Messenger. And you can, it's not just once you message and I'm going to give you information and then see you later. It's like, I know you asked me about where can I go to donate blood, but here's other things I can tell you more. And it's not like I'm going to give you all the information right away. It's like the the relationship builds over time. And they see that the conversion to donation and donating blood is really high as well. So it's, it's a great example of how over time different teams within the same organization can leverage the same platform to get more information out of it. Um, there's some other cases as well that I just can't publicly talk about, but yeah. <laughs> we've seen some other enterprise customers using this extremely well in getting to the customers. Yeah, no, that that example was uh, was super compelling, and I thank you for for bringing that up. It's 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 really interesting um, to kind of see how successful um, just giving these giving your customers another sort of way to interact that's that's more based on on their time and their intuition how how valuable that can be um so yeah no, that that's really interesting uh where where do you kind of see your specific product going um kind of over the next 6 months or so and then kind of into the the years ahead yeah so we we are two and a half years old but we're just getting started in the space we we learned a lot in the last two years and uh, 2019 for us has been to go back and um, recreate the action plan for what the product will look like in the next few years uh, we we strongly sort of uh, bullish about the design space itself we we know that there's a lot of the tools that come together to build this thing this conversation experiences but design is the first step and we want to keep on building the best tool possible for teams, individuals, uh, people who are building these experiences across any channel whatsoever. Um, you know, we we truly think that you know the the conversational industry, the experience is going to be there. It's not going to be voice only or text only. It's going to be omni-channel. It's going to be 
beyond your Alexa and Google Assistant. It's yeah. going to be in your cars. It's, the TVs are going to start talking to you. So we need to keep on building the tools that enable the creative people in our industry to be, really think um, ahead of their time and say, okay, what is the best experience? And we want Botmark to be the tool that they use to actually visualize that and design those. Yeah, I like I like that you mentioned the omni-channel and how the future is not just going to be exclusive to these these smart speakers, but really all these different types of devices that are going to be able to interact with you around us. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And uh, to kind of wrap things up, I think that kind of touches on on this question as well. Um, but we've talked a lot about your company specifically. Uh, I'd be interested to know what gets you most excited about both voice and, and conversational experiences um, in the whole industry going ahead the next few years as well? Yeah, so I think the, the biggest thing for me is that um, it's such a simple, accessible channel for your customers that they're switching over to these channels without knowing that they've switched. You know, if for, for them to switch to Twitter or social media, it was an effort required. Mm-hmm. voice and especially text and, and internal conversation is is such a easy medium for them to switch on to and if you are there to provide them the right value at the right time and work with them to build that relationship over time and engage with them um, you you're going as a brand you're going to see tremendous amount of conversion but that doesn't mean that you drop everything else and just focus on conversational experiences now to us, it's like there's a place and space for conversational experiences, and then there's a time and place for your non-conversational experiences to happen. There's yeah. certain things that just will not work on Alexa, or would, the user would just would not do sitting in a car. But at the same time, the things that they want to do with your brand in that medium, if you can nail those experiences, and I think a lot of brands are now thinking about that in the long run and say, okay, how do we build a strategy around it? And not just build a skill and then hope that people will find it and start using it and automatically things will just happen. You have to educate them. You have to engage with them. Uh, but we're seeing this trend happening across every part of the, of the industry now. Automotive already had a voice experience that is getting much, much better. And, and it's getting more immersive as well with Mercedes coming with Hey Benz or Hey Mercedes. And um, you know other brands are going to come up with their own as well. Uh, with healthcare adopting voice in their own space much better, you know, from being to us, to me, these portal, these devices like Alexa and Google Assistant are just portals for interaction. They by themselves are not going to attract somebody to use your WhatsApp. You have to like let them know that hey, there's a lot of value in you talking to us through this this portal that you have in your home. Mm-hmm. Um, so customization and personalization will be the next big thing. So. A lot of brands are going to look at these experiences and make them more personal. So when you talk to the Jeopardy brand through Alexa to play a Jeopardy game, it has to be Alexa's voice. It has to be his voice. It has to be that experience that they're expecting. It cannot be a generic Alexa voice that, that doesn't really give you that, that pull-in that you have. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see a lot of that immersive experiences. And uh, what I'm really excited about is, again, the ability to hand over between channels. So if I'm talking to your brand on Facebook Messenger and then I start talking to you on Alexa, do you remember who I am and how do you do that? And I, as a user, I expect that to happen, especially going from my car to my home devices. Uh, if I was having a conversation about something in my home and I was searching for restaurants, mm-hmm. I expect to get into my car and just say, let's go there and you should know what there means because I just had that conversation with you in my home. 
So there's a lot of industry catching up to do, but I, I'm excited about where this can lead us to. Definitely. And I think that last point, um, the being able to hand off between different channels, the the car to the house example, um, that's one that I talk about a lot as well that um, gets me specifically excited as well. Once we get to that point of truly being ubiquitous between all these different places, being able to hand off, that's going to just brings so much value and I don't know, it's just, it's just exciting to kind of think ahead too. Um, mm-hmm. So I really appreciate all these different insights that you brought. Where, where's kind of the best place for the listeners uh, to follow you specifically, or if they want to reach out to you or, or follow the company, where, where's the best place to stay up to date with, uh, with all that good stuff? So the easiest would be our Twitter feed. So at Botmock would be ours on Twitter, the company, and then at Obed will be AID would be me on Twitter. Uh, that's where I spend most of my time answering questions, interacting with people. So if you have anything, I'll be happy to connect. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Abed. Thanks, Juan. This podcast is sponsored by Voice Punch VC. Voice Punch is a venture capital fund that is focused on voice-driven and voice-connected technology. So if you are a company or an entrepreneur that has a product that is in this sort of space, much like a lot of the different companies that I am interviewing, then you should reach out to the team by going to voicepunch.vc. 